Hello, hello, everyone. It's Hannah Nieves of the Thrive Society podcast, and I have a special guest on today, the one and only Alexa Glazer. I adore you. I am like Hannah. I admire you so much. You smoke show amazing businesswoman you. I just love you to pieces. So I'm so excited. Oh, I love you. You should have seen this morning. It was pretty interesting. Got locked out of the office today. It's all no. good. You know, it's one of those mornings. But I am so happy you're here. And, you know, Alexa and I go way back, mm-hmm. um, work together. Alexa is so, so inspiring. And I'd love for you to share um, with listeners a little bit about like who you are, what you do, who do you work with? Give us all the details. Yeah. So my name's Alexa, but I would say that I am just this free spirit with such an old soul who is on a mission to make women and people just feel seen, heard, and loved. So I am a speaker, an author. I have a podcast, and Hannah helped me transition into coaching. So I'm also a purpose and empowerment coach. And I really would say that I am just the stranger that wants to become your best friend in 30 seconds. Like, I want you to know that you matter very, very quickly. And you really are not lying when you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) You know, and it's so interesting too, because, you know, when we work together as well, like even within our group, like you really bring so much soul to everything that you do. It's like, I feel your heart when I talk Mm -hmm. to you. And I feel like this is going to be a common theme of this conversation. And, you know, you have one of the most powerful stories that I've ever seen from living in the van, which I'm not going to give too many details away because I want you to share. Um, And this is what I love about being able to have this platform. But, you know, your story is so beautiful and raw and like how you even entered entrepreneurship. Like, can you talk to us a little bit more of like, what is your mission here and how did you get started? Absolutely. So I grew up in the Midwest, honestly, very naive to thinking that anything bad could happen to me. Um, I was very lucky growing up. I have an incredible family. I grew up dancing. We went on vacations. I was very privileged in that sense. Mm -hmm. And so I went um, to college in Las Vegas, Nevada. And shortly after I moved there, I realized, oh shit, life's about to get a Mm. little bit difficult. And so this is when I realized that there's no such thing as the lucky ones. And my dad passed away unexpectedly um, seven years ago. And that just completely rocked my freaking world. I mean, Mm -hmm. my dad was my mentor. He was my best friend. I mean, he was everything. And he just exuded this aura about him that just everyone was like so infected by the love that he gave. And after my dad passed, I started writing as a coping mechanism. My mentor, I actually call him my adopted dad now. He was like, write, because it's physical proof of where you were, where you are, and where you're going. And after about a year of just kind of writing when I needed to, I was like, I kind of like this. I'm going to sit down and write something with a little bit of intention. And that is the first chapter of my book, actually. So I wrote this chapter, marched myself into his office, and I was like, I'm writing a book. (laughs) He's like, you're doing what? (laughs) I'm writing a book. I need to help people. I want people to feel less alone in their grief and prove that when people leave us, it doesn't mean that our life is over and that also Mm -hmm. this grieving process 
is lifelong. Like we Mm -hmm. are handed this five stages of grief template, I guess, or checklist. And I thought this too, I'm like, great. I'm a disciplined person. I'm going to check these things off and I'm going to be good to go before you know it. And I wasn't, I'm still not, and I won't be, and we are in between and it's just not linear. And so I started writing this book. And in the midst of that, I started a movement called living the dream, the movement where I would leave post-it notes in random places with like thought provoking questions or statements, affirmations. I just, again, wanted people to feel like, holy shit, who is this girl? And how does she know I needed this today? Mm -hmm. Even though I had no idea. And as I was doing this movement, I started traveling a lot and really just getting the itch to be able to connect with people. And so I published the book, I started speaking, and then I was like, all right, we're going to move into a van and we're going to travel the country. I love it. <laughs> and like sell everything, do this thing that people think is very just weird and different and against the grain. And you're going to make it this incredible experience. So I did that for a year and then here we are now, a pandemic happens, something we never thought would happen. I came back home thinking that I was just going to be here for a short while and this is when everything kind of came back. Every, you know, when Mm -hmm. it rains it pours and so it was like I was living in the house that my dad passed away in. I was recording my audio book of the book that I wrote because of his passing every just past relationship betrayal, like everything was coming up. And I was like, holy crap, I thought you grieved, but you haven't. And so I'm now, I don't want to say coming out on the other side, because this is lifelong too. But this past year then has just been this healing process where I finally couldn't run away from my feelings anymore that I didn't know I was doing that until this year. But so yeah, here we are now, just like all feelings welcomed and I don't know, taking it minute by minute, honestly. I just love you so much. I just (laughs) have to tell you that I love you so, so much. And I feel, I just resonate with you so much with a lot of the things that you're talking about. And especially with like the van, you mentioning kind of like moving around the country and it's almost like moving away from those feelings Mm -hmm. that you tucked away for so long. And, you know, your brand and your book, you know, living the dream, right? It's more than just a speaking topic, right? It's more than just a book. It's actually a movement. And, you know, I just feel so much soul when I, when I speak to you, when I talk to you and just like hearing your mission, um, you know, can you share a little bit more now, like with all of this transpired, you know, what does this movement now mean to you? You know, what does it mean to you? How does it connect you to your purpose? I'm just curious. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I feel like my answer right now is about to just evolve so much from if you would have Mm -hmm. asked me this years ago. And so, like I said, in the beginning, I grew up dancing. And so movement has been a serious part of my life for such Mm -hmm. a long time. And I feel like I've always been a storyteller. I just used to tell stories through my body. And it was amazing because no one knew what that story was because we all interpret that type of movement differently. And so that was like the first time I realized I was like kind of hiding a little bit. I mean, still love dancing, still do it to Mm -hmm. this day, but there was kind of this guard up again that no one knew why I was dancing, what I was feeling in that day. And when my dad passed and I started writing, I realized like I now want this movement through words written and spoken. And movement to me is just these stories that we tell and the moments that we're able to share that we have through our life. 
And it's funny because when I was in the van, I was like, this movement is so great because it did, it gave me the capability to run. I thought if I didn't like a place I was in, well, I was like, get in the car, you can leave. I didn't like Mm -hmm. the people I was surrounded by. I was like, get in the car, you can leave. And so it still was this weird coping mechanism of just anytime I was uncomfortable, I could like get and move on Mm -hmm. where now this healing process, I'm like, the type of movement I'm doing now, the storytelling is just the movement of like allowing my feelings to like actually shift through my body to acknowledge what's happening and not numbing it. And then I truly just think like the movement is then sharing these moments with people so that they can become memories that you actually hold on to. I love that. And I love how I first off, just how deep you go. This is why I love you so much. And it really just connects so deeply to your purpose here and how it relates to like the coaching that you're doing. And I have found that, and I don't know if you've noticed this recently, especially in like the online space specifically, is there is a huge shift happening, a Mm -hmm. huge shift in the way that people are running their businesses, living their life and, you know, finding your purpose. Although it sounds like, you know, a catchy title, right? It's like finding your purpose and your mission, but like, I think people have been so kind of like astray to like what exactly it is that they want to be doing. And you have taken this soul journey between like the van to now, you know, the book and now writing, you know, more things. Um, and I'm just curious, like, you know, what are some of the tips that you have for those people like listening in right now, um, that really want to really connect to themselves on a deeper level and find that purpose. Do you have any tips or recommendations there? Absolutely. So this is kind of my favorite example to give people when they're like, I don't know what the heck my story is. My story is insignificant. Mm -hmm. I'm a nobody. Um, Everyone else who tells their story, there's something special about them. And the first thing is, is no one is more special than the other. It's just a Mm -hmm. person who decided to take action and create that movement. But I always love this. So I'm a huge book nerd. Not only do I write, but I read, read, read. So I always love to like to tell people, imagine there's one book that you want to read so bad. Everyone's talking about it. So you go to the bookstore. You don't even, you can't even wait for Amazon to deliver it. You go Mm -hmm. to the bookstore, you buy this book. As soon as you get home, like your nose is in the pages and all of a sudden you get to this chapter and the chapter is completely ripped out. And you're like, what the heck? I just bought this book, Mm -hmm. spent money on it. Now there's a cliffhanger. I don't know what's going on. So you start rummaging through, hoping you'll find it. And in that midst of rummaging through, you realize other pages are ripped out. Paragraphs are crossed off. Just things are missing. And I want you to imagine like how upset and a little pissed you'd be that Mm -hmm. there's things that are just gone. And then I want you to look at your life as if you are writing a life story every single day. You are writing new chapters new sentences, new paragraphs, things are opening and closing every single day that we live. And so imagine, is there a chapter or a paragraph or a sentence or multiple of these things that you wish that you could rip out of your life story, of the book of you? Mm -hmm. And I can imagine a lot of people are like, dang, yes. These (laughs) These things that we wish didn't happen that we hoped would have been different. And trust me, I look at my life. I'm like, I would love if the chapter that my dad died on didn't exist. I would love to rip that out and pretend it didn't happen. 
But the truth is, is that chapter has impacted me more than any chapter of my entire life. And these paragraphs, maybe chapters or seasons of my life that I was in toxic relationships Mm -hmm. or even I made my own bad decisions. Sure, I would love to forget those. But if you're able to confront them, that to me is when you truly, truly, truly find your purpose. I've always asked people two questions, but this week, actually, I'm like, I kind of dug a little bit further into my own purpose. And so the first question is like, why do you do Mm -hmm. what you do? You know, we hear that, what's your why? Great. But people are like, all right, this is like Simon Sinek. He's great. He's fabulous. He came up with this, but there's not, there's not too much depth. No, there's so much depth. So Mm -hmm. why do you do what you do? And then taking it further is what in your life provoked you to do that thing. Yeah. But then thirdly is like, why the heck does that matter? Why does it matter that you do that? For me, I'm like, my why is to make people feel seen, heard, and loved. What provoked me to do that is because there's been times in my life that I didn't feel seen, heard, or loved. But why does that matter? Because when I don't feel those things, Mm -hmm. I don't ever want someone to feel overlooked, like they don't matter, like they're not a somebody. And and that's the the key thing is if you can look at why does it matter so much to you? Why do you care? That's when you find your freaking purpose. So good. Mic drop. Mic drop. We're done here. So good <laughs> that you mentioned that because I can resonate with you so much, especially with like chapter of your dad, you mm-hmm. know, passing away. And you know, you talk about grief and you talk about how these things, like these negative situations where like, why would anyone want to care? And I asked myself that question even too, with my own business. Like, why would anyone want to care? Like a few weeks ago, my biological father passed away and like really tragically. And we had a really bad relationship and like long story short, like, you know, I sat there and I was like, you know, how can I, how can I share this? Or how can I bring light of this in a way where it can like help other people? And I love that you mentioned that. And it brought me back to my core of like, why I do what I do, Mm -hmm. you know? And even though it's like that one chapter and that chapter was from many, many years ago of, you know, with my dad. And like, that is the reason why I'm here. It's Mm right. The reason why I'm like serving other women, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I love, I love that you mentioned that. And I love how honest you are too with like, especially with grief as an entrepreneur, I feel like this conversation does not get talked about enough. You know, we see the shiny sales and, you know, marketing tactics and all the things that we're learning, which is so incredible, but like no one talks about the hard things that are happening behind the scenes of running a business, you know, Mm -hmm. it, and that it breaks my heart. I, I kind of had to a pivot this year of just being vulnerable to a new level of what I show people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think too, because it's like, if you, if you read my captions or whatever, you can tell that I'm a deep person, but a lot of people don't even read. They're just scrolling through Instagram or on these apps, mm-hmm. like looking for the pretty shiny things, thinking that everyone's life is better than theirs and not looking at the depth of people. And it was yeah. in this healing process where, I mean, there were so many days during this pandemic that I was like, I do not want to get out of bed today. And I was so hard on myself and so trying to feel the feelings I ran away from, but still wanting to run away from them. Cause who wants to feel this pain? And a couple, honestly, maybe a month ago, actually was the first time I ever just like got on my stories and like actually cried. It wasn't like I didn't just show a picture of me crying. I was on there crying. Mm -hmm. And 
I had like a hundred or 80 plus people DM me that day. That doesn't happen to me, but people genuinely been like, thank you. And I'm over here. Like, why are you, why are you thanking me for crying? But it was just because so many people were like, oh my gosh, this person is a human being. Yeah. There's a real human behind the screen because we're so, especially in the online coaching space, it can be so easy to get caught up of like the shiny reels of Mm -hmm. like, this is what, you know, this is what someone's life is. And it's just a small piece of someone's life. And I feel like, but, you know, as mentioning before, there's like a huge shift happening and I'm feeling it. I don't know if you're feeling that type of shift too, but like people have been craving connection for the last year of this pandemic. And we've been staring at our screens trying to get it, but we have been almost cut off because again, there's like that wall that comes up between like that bridge of where people don't necessarily share like the deep shit that happens behind the scenes, like grief or like losing a family member or, you know, being, um, you know, displaced or whatever, or like, you know, moving in within homes. Like I have been in a a temporary home for the last three months and it's been a huge pain on my life. Um, you know, those types of things that just make you uncomfortable. And I feel like they just have to be talked about more because running a business is not going to be shiny and beautiful all the time. Right. Well, and you and I have talked about this too. I feel like that a lot of times the people that we work with are people who are attracted to us are attracted to us because they're either a younger version of us, a past life Mm -hmm. version of who we are. And so when you're able to share, and I'm not telling everyone to get on your stories and cry. Like I know that that's not easy for people, Mm -hmm. but to just share details and some intimate things about you it does. It makes you a human. We were on um, a group call and it was towards the end, you and I, and Grace was on there. It might've only been the three of us. And Mm -hmm. we talked about this whole concept of when people are trying to normalize everything. And Mm -hmm. I love the concept, but I hate the word normalize because these things are just, they're, they are normal. So why are we like, why do we need to identify that? And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. we need to humanize things. We need to humanize that we are just human beings who all have feelings, who all have things going on. Like Mm -hmm. no one's life is perfect. So this misconception that people have perfect lives, it, it blows my mind that that's a thing. It sucks. Yeah. It's well, and it almost distorts like what your purpose and mission can be sometimes, because if you were almost like watching someone else's life and someone else's mission and purpose take place, you almost become detached to what yours is. I don't mm-hmm. know if you found that as well. So Absolutely. Um, I love that you mentioned that. And it's, it's so, so true because like you can build a business you know, from what I see, like, like your mentor or like what other people are doing in the industry, but like you are going to fall short so quickly if you were only doing it for those vanity metrics and you are not doing it for the, that, that inner work, because it's going to get boring so, so fast. A hundred percent. And I think too, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a life coach to share feelings. Mm -hmm. It's anyone. And I think too, So many people are like supporting smaller businesses lately, Mm -hmm. I think, which is so beautiful. And that being said is people truly um, are infected by the person, not necessarily the the work that they do. And so if you can share who you actually are, that's what makes people want to work with you. I mean, you could be this like shiny trophy business owner. And if Mm -hmm. you don't tell anything about yourself, if you never show your face, give people 
like the thing that they're looking for, what they're curious about you, then to me, you're not going to have a successful business. Yeah. It correlates um, directly with one another. Oh my gosh. Look, this is so good. I feel I like this, this needs to be like the part one and we need a part two, like happening after this, because yes. I feel like there's a lot to expand off of, especially when it comes to grief and especially when it comes to, you know, really just being vulnerable, which, which is something that you really teach on and preach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to shift gears here and I want to talk a little bit about, and this is kind of segues into my favorite part of the episodes where I get really raw, which this episode's really raw. But um, every entrepreneur has gone through tough things in their life to get them there. And I'm very open with that. And every single person that has, you know, come onto this podcast has shared some of the challenging things that they have gone through. So I'm just curious, you know, I know you shared a little bit in, you know, earlier, but is there a specific like struggle or challenge that really just shaped that trajectory for you to be like where you are right now? Yeah, honestly, as you were talking about that, this like thought came to my head, which you know this, and not many people know this piece. But in the beginning of this pandemic, I had lost my freelance um, job, and I was making the majority of my money speaking. And then all of a sudden, no live events are happening. You're not getting paid, if any, or very little for a virtual event. So I mm-hmm. went from living this lifestyle that I freaking loved leaving a city at the time that I had this incredible community, I felt just like on fire. And that transition to going home with, holy shit, how am I even going to pay my bills? And I have all this time now to make my business something, but I'm also freaking out. So how the heck do I do that? And this is right when I found Hannah. And I literally, y'all, was door dashing, door dashing to hopefully just pay for my van and to just pay for like the little amount of bills that I had. But I jump on this call with Hannah and I'm like, all right, we're doing it. And if you don't figure out your business, Alexa, like you're about to be doing <laughs> a lot of orders. And that to me just shows like sometimes you have to do the things that you don't want to do. I also mm. felt so embarrassed by that. I mean, I said like literally not very many people know about that. Um, and it's it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It truly shows my work ethic and discipline I had for trying to create something mm-hmm. that I really wanted. And in that though, there was the shift where I'm not door dashing anymore. It was just a time period. It was a season of life, which also mm-hmm. everything in life we face is temporary. And sometimes that's really scary and sad to think about. But in moments where you are at rock bottom, where I was like, door dash is not going to be my end all be all. It was so nice to know, like, this is temporary too. I don't know how long this temporary is, but it is. And now, I mean, there's been a complete shift in my business and, you know, we still have lows and we have highs and we get sad and we get empowered and we have all of these ideas and et cetera. But I feel like that honestly was kind of one of the biggest, whoa, moments but it's so powerful to see like what you've created from that. And I remember you ended up sharing that with me. And I think it was like towards the end of our mm-hmm. program together. And I was like, I had no idea that mm-hmm. that was like your reality in the beginning. Right. Yeah. And you just took a bet on yourself and like, look at what you're doing now and just getting featured in multiple places, which is so cool. I'm just, I'm so proud of you. Um, so tell us how can people work with you, find you all the things? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I hang out a lot on Instagram, um, Alexa Glazer underscore. I actually hang out a little bit on TikTok. I love the TikTok. So hang out there if you want to see more crying, honestly. That to me is like the most vulnerable place. Um, you can work with me by um, one-on-one coaching. I also have a podcast course out. Um, and if you need a speaker for any type of event, I'm your gal. So alexaglazer.com. You can find my book on my website or Amazon. And yeah, I'm I'll link it below. Yes. Yay. So good. Well, thank you so much for being here and we will chat soon. Awesome. Thank you.